0: So uh, we've been doing a little journey through the Old West, <laughs> through, through the medium of classic TV. So last week we watched Gunsmoke, and this week we're going to watch Bonanza. But uh, the first thing I just wanted to bring up is uh, last week I, I found it, uh, I was having a hard time wrapping my head around the, uh, the lawlessness <laughs> of the Old West, the level of violence. And you pointed out that like in Gunsmoke in specific, you can just tell from how tiny Dodge City is that it's very early in the old west you know which obviously made it more uncivilized I guess would be the right way to put it because then as I was like looking up stuff I came across this this little clip's only a minute long but I thought it was a little interesting because it kind of uh it's like I think I was on the right path where I I was saying how I just didn't see how a society could possibly function when things are so lawless when there's so few lawmen and people can just get away with so much stuff and you're shooting people over card games and all the the classic old west stuff so uh i think really i guess what it was is just that the early old west and the late old west are totally different because basically what i was saying that i just couldn't imagine how that wouldn't get stamped out, that everyone just wouldn't put up with it, you know, just like if we're trying to establish ranches and establish a society, we don't need these fucking people with their their six shooters running around fucking everything up. And that is what happened later in the Old West, because, yeah, this little thing I thought was kind of interesting.
1: Sadly for modern gun vendors and anyone against gun control who used the Wild West as an icon for their products and ideologies. The truth is that there was far more strict gun control in the Wild West than in modern America. The reasoning was simple, people were sick and tired of all the gun violence. Initially the first groups of settlers came out West armed to the teeth, and when those heavily armed settlers started building communities, it's little surprise that gun violence skyrocketed. With gun violence endemic to daily life, citizens and politicians took action on gun control, banning the carrying of guns on a person's body and limiting their sale. In Colorado, cowboys were forbidden from carrying them as they herded cattle back and forth across their ranges. And in the infamous Dodge City, Kansas, authorities posted a large sign warning that the carrying of firearms was strictly forbidden. Go to a modern gun show and you'll see replicas of Wild West firearms along with plenty of iconography, meant to inspire gun ownership as an American frontier tradition yet the historical truth is that guns were seen as a barbaric relic of the past as written in an editorial of the caldwell commercial in 1882
0: kansas so yeah i thought that was interesting because uh just made me so it made me feel a little more sane that it's like okay yeah like the the vision i was seeing is how the old west ended up just it wasn't at the, the point of gun smoke they just weren't there yet but i just thought that was extra interesting because they brought up dodge city in specific that dodge city in real life had signs posted that you can't come into this place if you have a gun on you. So, uh,
2: and look how fast that would have happened. Because mostly we think of the, the wild, the wild, wild west um, after the end of the Civil War. Okay, so that was 1864. 65. 1865. So within the next five years, you had, you probably was pretty lawless. So let's say going up to, let's say 1870 might have been pretty kind of crazy. But then by 1882, yeah, they've got Pretty strict things yeah. and, and you had a lot of people going west and settling and in the early days, yeah, it would have been pretty rough getting out there, and you wouldn't have had i mean who had been going out there anybody that was settled and had money and uh, they wouldn't they weren't going out west, right. they were already established in the big cities in the east, so you had a lot of people who were poverty stricken or no longer had jobs because they had been in the Civil War and now that war was over and they were just loose. Uh, So where do you go? You go west. And there wouldn't have been. Anytime there's civilization moving like that, the law doesn't go first and the people follow. The people go first.
0: Yeah, that's where, and I mean, I I didn't expect it to be that severe where they were saying how the gun control laws were (laughs) kind of harder back then than they are now in America. But it makes sense because, uh, if you're an average citizen, again, just trying to establish a ranch or trying to do reasonable stuff, you don't benefit from the guns nearly as much as the 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 one bad apple that spoils the whole bunch, just the fucking half-cocked, crazy, war-rattled dickhead from the fucking Civil War who's willing to use a gun to intimidate people and to get what he wants, like... It's better to have no guns because that guy is getting a hundred times more value out of the gun than you are. So it's like, fuck it, get rid of these guns.
2: You didn't just have poor people, too, who were trying to get land and establish themselves. You'd have a whole lot of misfits going out there who just didn't fit in in the East because they were, you know, a little bit renegades, kind of a little bit crazy. So those are the people that would have been drawn to the West originally, along with those settlers, of course. But yeah, you'd have a whole bunch of yahoos who are... Just don't fit into the East anymore because the East has all these civilian rules.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's the term the Wild West is the thing, right? It's like the Wild West is the early West, the Gunsmoke West. The West, just the Old West, less wild. <laughs> and I thought that was also relevant to bring up because that's why you suggested we watch Bonanza this week, is because it's because I was saying how. In that, I mean, we only watched one episode of Gunsmoke, the very first episode, and I just had such a hard time with it because the whole plot was this one renegade guy that they just couldn't do anything about. <laughs> where, because it was their early, early ass West, where you're saying Bonanza is way more settled. Yeah.
2: So it, it's more, Bonanza is more civilized. Right. But it probably isn't that many years later. Yeah, I guess when the Wild West started, it doesn't take long for.
0: Yeah, well, I guess we were saying, too, just how, in general, the Wild West is a shorter time period than you imagine it was, because it's so epic in everyone's memories, but the reality is it's like a few decades. But not only was the, the Old West only a few decades, the really wild part of the Old West was probably even less than that.
2: So maybe you can almost divide the what we call the Wild West into, instead of thinking it was approximately 30 years, maybe it was only 10 years. Yeah. And maybe it was 10 years of transition. And maybe it was 10 years of civility or semi-civility. Right.
0: But yeah, I just thought that was, uh, I don't know, I was kind of glad to find that little thing because it did just, uh, I just couldn't swallow the idea that, that anything would be that crazy. <laughs> and it kind of wasn't. It only was at first because it was just brand new. and And the people that are willing to run around with guns and shoot everybody could get away with it. So I mean, it only makes sense that your number one priority is gonna be let's stop that shit from happening <laughs> or nobody's gonna live here like this. And is.
2: see, and then if you if you think about okay, so you had the Wild West, then you had the California gold rush and there was a bunch of craziness went on there. And then after that gold ran out, you had the Yukon gold. And that kind of lawlessness existed up there. So it's like when people go first before the law goes with them. The law, the law follows. You, you can see it in, in the development of Canada, United States. You know, they, they went west, then they bit, that became civilized, and then they went north, and then they went further north. And probably the last was the Yukon, the Yukon and the Alaskan gold rushes. In the when was that? That was the 1890s, 1910, and that was it. And that gold ran out too. And then you get a little bit of civil of civilization up there. But but initially you have all these kind of I'm going to get the gold, and I'm taking my gun with me, and I'm going to kill anybody's going to get in my way. And there was a whole lot of greed in those gold rushes. People shot up. You know, you, you put in your stake. Well, I want it. I, I killed you to get it.
0: It was interesting, too, though, the the longer version of that video because that was just the one little minute that was relevant. But they got into some other stuff, too, like bank robberies, the famous robbing a bank that surely it would be easier back then. But there's way more bank robberies today because they, they kind of the policy today is in in the event that someone is fucking stupid enough to try to rob a bank, which never works out. You always get caught. But... You're not supposed to fight it. The tellers just give them the money and like don't cause any problems. And we'll catch you later because you're so dumb that you think you're going to get away with this. However, that means the statistics of bank robberies is like there's a fair number. Where in the Old West, they pointed out that the towns were small. Everyone was close knit. Everyone knew each other and everyone slept above. The banker was probably asleep above the bank. What are you gonna do? Dynamite the wall? Like you just it just didn't happen. <laughs> so
2: when a whole lot of that kind of robbery went on didn't didn't happen on the banks. It happened on stagecoaches right. which were carrying the gold. It happened on the trains.
0: Which again ties in, I guess, to what we were saying last week too, is that uh the you know, the more isolated you are, the more in danger you are. So you don't wanna rob the place in the middle of town. Yeah, you wanna rob the stuff that's out in the middle of nowhere where no one can help them. Uh, so then, yeah, so Bonanza, similar to Gunsmoke, it's I know of it. I just know the show, but have I ever seen it? I don't know. Probably not. If so, maybe once or twice as a kid, but nothing that I remember. So I got a bunch of various factoids about Bonanza. But before that, I guess, what's your experience with Bonanza?
2: I saw Bonanza. Probably would have been nine or ten years old, I suppose, when the first Bonanzas came out, and there was. Pa and the, the, the hoss who, and the older son, Adam, and uh, the younger son who was Michael Landon, who was the heartthrob. He was probably only about 16 or 17. I mean, he might have been 20, but I doubt that he was any older than that, the actor. But he was playing a guy who would have been about 16 or 17, the baby of the family.
0: Yeah, he's the example of the guy who I know. He's quite a famous actor, but I didn't know where he originated yeah, from. Yeah, that's
2: where he originated from. And later on, he did, uh, well, he actually did Little House on the Prairie. He actually, I don't know, he didn't maybe create it, but he directed all of Little House on the Prairie. And um, oh, there was one of some angel thing that he was in after that. But it was an extremely popular show, all the girl and, and I watched that well into my teens. And, of course, everybody always just liked little, little Joe, the youngest son, because he was so handsome. Um, <laughs> that,
0: that's <laughs> one little point they brought up I thought was interesting, was around season three or so, they started uh, just choosing one outfit for each character, and if you watch the shows, they always wear that same outfit and the reason was so that if they needed to use shots from other episodes or reshoot things, it's just easier. If you're always wearing the same clothes, you can use footage from anywhere and piece it together. So, you know, it's just simpler. But then they also pointed out in the wiki article, it should be noted that Michael Landon often was shirtless. <laughs> there was a scene <laughs> yeah, involving yeah. physical labor. And, of something.
2: course, Lauren Green... Uh, was i didn't know anything about Lauren Green before he was in Bonanza, but I can remember my parents telling me that Lauren Green was a famous um, war correspondent and reporter of like this is the news from overseas, this is the news in Nazi Germany, and like all that stuff and I have since then over the years i've heard those broadcasts, and you can recognize lauren green's voice as soon as you hear it. Mm.
0: Yeah, see, where I know him from, I didn't realize he was Canadian, but it makes sense, is that, uh, yeah, I knew him from, I didn't know the name of this show, just he was always on these nature shows, and uh, it was this television nature documentary series called Lorne Green's New Wilderness. So Mm, I just saw those on TV all the time as a kid, so I was just like, oh, Lorne Green, the wilderness guy. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. all I knew him as, because, you know, just, again, different generations.
2: Well, he's Pa from Bonanza. That's how most people of my generation would have known him. But, uh, yeah, apparently he was extremely well-known before that as a as a war reporter during World War II.
0: And then also, I guess he was in Battlestar Galactica, but I also never really watched much of that. So uh, but, Yeah, you know. me either. All right, so, yeah, let's just dive into some basic Bonanza facts. Bonanza is an American Western television series that ran on NBC from September 1959 to January 1973, 14 seasons and 432 episodes. It's NBC's longest-running western and the second longest-running western series behind CBS's Gunsmoke. So that's uh, you were saying how you know it was quite a popular show at the time. So it is interesting that it it only existed inside of Gunsmoke's reign. You know, Gunsmoke started first and ended after, but Bonanza it does seem like was the more popular show. If you had to pick what was the most popular western of that era, it seems like. They're both, you know, close-ish, but I think Bonanza seems like it was the one. The time period of the series is roughly between 1861 and 1867, during and shortly after the American Civil War, coinciding with the period Nevada Territory became a U.S. state. So, yeah, that's always interesting, too, to me, of just, like, when you think back to these times, like, before places were even states, Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) you know? Well, that's different. I would have thought it was later later because, see, that puts it in that period of what would be what we were calling the Wild Wild West Right. shortly after the Civil War. But uh, it's much more civilized than what we watched on Gunsmoke last week. Much more like the family is, is established on this ranch.
0: Yeah, and I guess part of it, too, could be that rather than expressly following the exact era within the old west because again if i didn't know any of this stuff nobody knows any of this old this stuff like the specific micro eras within the old west era like nobody knows nobody cares so i think you can just kind of pick what kind of old west show you want to be gunsmoke wanted to be the Hang 'em high show and Whereas this one, for instance, so my last little fact is Bonanza was considered an atypical Western for its time as the core of the storylines dealt less about the range and more with Ben and his three dissimilar sons, how they cared for one another, their neighbors, and just causes. And, uh, yeah, I don't have it written down here, but, uh... Oh, wait, here it is. Bonanza was a period drama that attempted to confront contemporary social issues, which they said was also a little unusual because they're, again, just afraid of, uh... Similar to the Gunsmoke radio show, they just don't want advertisers to get upset. So a lot of shows wouldn't touch these things, whereas Bonanza would deal with, like, racism and bigotry and different difficult topics. But, yeah, it does seem like Bonanza is far more—it's more a show about this family, it seems. And it's, you know, incidental, almost, that it is an Old West show, where Gunsmoke is—this show is about the Old West— is how I'm taking these things. I mean, we'll see. Because again, I don't know shit about dick, but <laughs> that's why that's why we'll watch it and I'll see. And I just found the first episode. It's called A Rose for Lota, which I believe is one of Ben's many dead wives. He's got like three different.
2: Yeah, apparently each of his children had a different mother. Right. Which explains why they don't the the three sons don't resemble physically, don't resemble each other at all. So that makes sense. Yeah.
0: It's kind of neat too where I, I think of Lauren Green as the star but apparently they really did want to play it like they were all even like even during the credits at the start they would alter the order they didn't always show Lauren Green's name first or Michael Landon's name first they picked a different one played them in, in a different order every time and uh, and you know there's a lot of reasons for it getting cancelled just the same thing as every show eventually every show winds down or whatever but a big part of it was that uh, the one son the, uh, the big guy Haas is that what his name that that actor died and they were just like like the show's so much about these four that they didn't immediately cancel it they sort of hobbled on a little but that they apparently was a big part of it and michael landon was getting pulled away because he's too damn famous and you know but but yeah then then it just eventually ran its course to leave gunsmoke standing alone (laughs) Uh, So yeah, this episode is from September 12th, 1959. And I noticed just checking the file to make sure it ran okay, it's in color. I'm always so... I can never keep track of when shows became color, but I was a little surprised. I kind of thought it might be black and white. But I guess by 1959, they were already making color shows for whoever... Whatever Richie Pants happened to have a color TV at that point. (laughs) Oh, wait, I guess one last thing. Because, of course... So obviously that song fan is uh, famous as hell I, if, if i knew nothing else about bonanza i certainly knew that song but just before we started recording i started thinking like what was the music like of the old west because our idea of old west music is that or sergio leone and I was like, you know, there's no way the real Old West music was either of those things, right? Like, and so I only looked up, I didn't do a lot of research, I just watched one five-minute YouTube video. But they brought up that the Old West, the actual music was just a mishmash of everything. It was mostly still Civil War songs that were still popular and uh, just different folk music from all the different people that moved there. And probably the most similar is, like, the piano in the saloon. Pretty close. You know, a lot of the saloons did have piano. But this specific Old West music that we put in all our Old West movies and TV shows, is it not, not really what they listen to? Because why, yeah, why would they just suddenly invent a new kind of music, mm. you know? <laughs> they just had whatever they had from before. Yeah,
2: and, and whatever they were taking with them when they were traveling west.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, not not totally dissimilar because, you know, it had, it had fiddles and all that kind of stuff banjos, whatever.
2: Yeah, harmonicas. and.
0: But the this, this specific, I don't know where it came from, because I'd have to look into it more, but this specific Old West music that we have is clearly more of a more of a Hollywood thing, just for whatever reason, that's what caught on.
2: Well, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly movie, that music wasn't even in Westerns prior to that, because that came out of the spaghetti Westerns, yeah, which were right. made in Italy. So that music is <laughs> Sergio Leone. <Liani. Yeah, laughs> that's right. all him
0: yeah because i just it would be funny to uh to bring somebody from the old west to now and show them a bunch of of our west stuff and just see how accurate it was see see what was proper but i have a feeling one of the things they would probably point out is like what is this music (laughs) what is this you know (laughs) this is weird all right back to the show (laughs)
2: What's going on for
0: (laughs) Yes, I'd say just based on, again, I've only seen one episode of Bonanza and one episode of Gunsmoke, first episode each. So it seems like just from that little sampling that uh, Bonanza does seem like less uh, interested in a realistic portrayal of the Old West. It's more of like an adventure show or whatever. But I did feel like I would... I could easily see myself watching more Bonanza, way more so than Gunsmoke. Again, maybe I got off on the wrong foot with Gunsmoke, but it was it was pretty like, oh man, the Old West things sure are tough. <laughs> where Bonanza was much more, let's have fun in the Old West. <laughs> you know, like I definitely like. Yeah,
2: it. well, no, for me it would be either show uh, because they're, they're even though they're both to have the same basic setting, they're they're different. One yeah. is uh, one is more adventure, the adventure of the Old West. Whereas this is more the family right. and the value of family. And yeah, I mean, and they're pretty settled. They've got that big ranch and they've got a thousand head of cattle that they're moving around and they've got timber interests. Uh, so they're pretty established and everybody knows them, too. Like they've got the biggest ranch in Nevada, I think, is where that set.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's an interesting, like, mix, too, where definitely, like... So the storyline of this is kind of an odd story where these... uh the evil bankers. Like, just imagine if Mr. Drysdale was mean, was not, you know, <laughs> was like a, an actual evil person. You got the evil bankers with their evil minds. And the, I mean, maybe that not evil, but I don't know. Again, it's just that sort of they money. were...
2: Every Everything is money generated with them.
0: Yeah, they were easily the most disappointing characters because it is just buy the books, bad guy, banker, rich guys. But they need lumber and the car don't want to sell them lumber. So they <laughs> catch this weird plan to send a, a famous actress up to the ranch to lure away one of the sons which is not a good plan because like what happened is what would happen is that you know they they did get little joe the uh the young headstrong handsome son takes this this fancy lady back to town and then uh the other rest of the family is like where is our i don't know they've tricked away my son we gotta go get him so they go get him <laughs> you know? so i don't know i don't really know what these bank guys thought was gonna happen that seems very weird but especially that stuff with Little Joe and this actress, like it was verging on soap opera territory because it was really slowing down and really just the two of them discussing things or whatever. But then next thing you know, you're having gunfights and things are lighting on fire and everything's going crazy. and it's, It was kind of a good mix, you know? Like, again, I don't know that it's that realistic, but if I have to pick between realistic or being entertained, I'll take being entertained. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> And it's sort of weird too though I guess the one thing that maybe ages a little weird But it's such a hard line to walk Is the Chinese characters Are dressed in the traditional Chinese clothing And they have Chinese accents As one of those things that would not fly nowadays Like they would find ways to not do that But there's like downsides to, to both sides Like you don't want to obviously stereotype or, or use other cultures as like the butt of a joke or something But at the same time that is the accent that, that, when people have a thick Chinese accent, that is how they sound. So if you whitewash that, that's weird to their culture too. It's one of those situations that I feel like there's no good way around it. But it absolutely would be different nowadays.
2: Yeah, and, but the thing is, they actually used Chinese actors. They weren't they weren't uh, just white people jazzed up to look Chinese. They yeah. were real Chinese guys and. And that was probably very realistic. I mean, they came over from China. Of course they wouldn't be able to speak English perfectly.
0: Yeah, like the alternative would probably be just to not include those characters at all. So it's better that they're in there. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good example of like... Uh, and
2: they had the little town, the little the little shanty town. Uh, one of them uh, was dealing with the horses and would take the horses over to the stables. But that would have been the work that they did too. Of course, they, they didn't have money for ranches and that sort of thing. So that was, I thought that was very realistic.
0: Yeah, that does remind me too, you're saying about uh, like hiring white people to play Asian characters. Like that happened a lot in old Western movies where they uh, just had Italian people play play natives like all the time instead of finding native actors they're like yeah just this this guy who's got this sort of olive skin he'll do and yeah which is just weird
2: yeah and that was in the spaghetti westerns but prior to that when you watched a lot of uh, western movies they were white actors yeah, right. with a little bit of bronze makeup put on them and and they were the Indians that were and through the west and uh, Tam- Tomahawk and people and everything else so they made in fact Jay Silver Stone is that his name? Who was the uh, Tonto in the Lone Ranger? He was one of the first and very few real Indian actors. Everybody else was white guys.
0: Yeah, I guess another pretty famous example is that movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, where they just have a white guy play an Asian dude and do the accent and everything. So this is a big step up from that. So yeah, not so bad. It's like you know, it is just it's just one of those things that stands out nowadays. But I can't really there's nothing particularly wrong with how they handled it it seems like they did a pretty good job uh one thing too i really noticed too is it's amazing to me in some ways because like that's it was pretty long for an hour-long show it was almost the whole hour it was like 49 and a half minutes you know there weren't that many commercials back then so i mean a lot happened that was like kind of a big long involved story not as much as a movie but you know half of a movie like quite a bit and you know, even in just this one episode, I do feel like I had a, a pretty good sense of all the characters and the situation and what's going on. But man, it's hard to imagine watching fourteen more seasons. You know, like I was like, that's pretty good. But like, I could see this being a mini series. Like, if there was five or six more parts, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch them all. Fourteen years though, four hundred and thirty-five episodes or whatever that's way too many. (laughs) But again, I guess if you were just, even nowadays, like I can't really recommend to someone like, you should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer because seven seasons is just too much. But if you watch it as it was coming out, it's fine. Sure,
2: you're only watching it uh, one hour a week. Yeah. And the week goes by and there it is on again. And another week goes by and it's on again. So, um, yeah, and I'm sure people looked forward to, I think think Bonanza was on a Sunday night about... It was on after Ed Sullivan, actually. Ed Sullivan was on at 9 o'clock, and Bonanza was on at 10. Do
0: you know what I was just thinking actually might be kind of interesting? I don't know if I will follow through on this plan, but maybe. What if I just watched one episode from each season? That would be 14 episodes. It's still a lot, but very doable. And that would be, I mean, I feel like I'd get a pretty good overview of And sometimes, Bonanza.
2: yeah, and, and even if you didn't watch it from one every season, every couple of seasons, you'd see how it developed. Right, Because a lot of those shows, we I mean, we watched the first of that, and we got introduced to... See, the opening show oftentimes has to to tell you a whole lot of stuff. Like we know, we learned the fact that there were three wives, and all had died. Uh, We learned a little bit about each of the wives. See, that later on, you wouldn't have to do any of that, because that would all be done. That's already done in episode one.
0: Yeah, one thing, too, that just, again, seemed evident right away is, you know, Lauren Green is the dad. You know, he's very authoritative and like, all right, I'm down with that character. Obviously, little Joe is kind of the, he's the sort of the the real star. You know, he's the one who's going to make people tune in every week because he's the young, cool, handsome guy. And... Haas is just, you know, he's just got that demeanor. I can see why they said like when the actor passed away, they really almost didn't want to keep doing the show because he's just got that vibe that not everybody can pull off of like, ah, it's just a good old guy, you know, whereas the oldest son, he's the least interesting and the least likable of all of them. But, man, you can tell that actor really feels himself. He really thinks he's the leading man. Like, he's so... The gravitas is just dripping off this guy. Every time he gets a close-up, he's just like, look at my serious actor face. I was feeling that way the whole way through. And then it really got confirmed that not only does maybe that guy feel that way, but the show is intended for him to be that way because he gets the big final kiss with the the leading lady. Even though the whole time he's barely been involved in this plot. He's got nothing to do with this plot. But,
2: you see, they've introduced him to have a whole lot of love interest in the future. And they've introduced each of those sons to be so different because of who their mothers were. He w- he's from Boston or someplace like that, the Boston wealthy. Right. So he's got that attitude of east civility. Haas is a lovely, beautiful Swedish girl was his mother, and he's picked up those traits, very calming and almost like a, he's almost like the, the transition between the oldest son and the youngest son. And then, of course, you get the hot-headed, red-blooded uh, no youngest honest. son from, <laughs> yeah. and his mother was uh, of uh, French extraction from, um, from the South. Um, and there's a rivalry between the oldest son, who is from the North boston and the south new orleans there's been a civil war yeah, in between is, then see it's
0: a neat setup but i just it is it feels to me like one of these cases where they set up a show thinking one thing and then it turns out not to be that way like that they're really leaning heavy on that oldest son and to me he's the weak link like every other character and actor i feel like is nailing it where he's off to me. He's like, I just don't buy that this guy, and he's so serious, like his fucking face is made out of granite. Look how serious (laughs) and cool I am. And I'm like, you're less cool than all the other ones. It reminds me of uh, when Star Trek The Next Generation started. So the captain, you know, it was a bit of a left field choice that they chose, uh, you know, Jean-Luc Picard, who's a bald, older man, not at all in the Captain Kirk mold. So they put in that second-in-command guy, Riker. He's the Captain Kirk guy. He's the handsome, cool guy, younger they thought, hey, you know, if this all goes wrong with this this Shakespearean actor we hired to be the new captain, that's okay. We got Captain Kirk Jr. over here, and that'll be fine. They thought he was the focal point of the show. Nobody liked Riker. No one cared. He's a boring idiot. Everyone loved Captain Picard, and the whole show was like, go away, Riker. Captain Picard is the guy. That's how it, I feel like it's probably, if I had to guess, as this show goes on. I'm going to guess as, as soon as next episode, they're going to realize this guy's not the guy. <laughs> you know, you can make an argument for any of the other guys being the guy, but the oldest son—he's not the guy. And they really are acting like he's like, this guy's so cool. You're gonna love this guy. This guy's wicked. <laughs> but it's like no, I actually, like everyone else better than him. And not like I hate him, but he just was so self-serious and just thought he was so
2: cool. <laughs> but in in fairness to him, you'd really need to watch some future shows just to see how how he holds up and how the others hold up. Right. Anyway, it was an extremely uh, popular series.
0: You know what's another thing that I find interesting? Because, you know, another thing that comes up often is that uh, newer shows, we noticed this with the Waltons remake or with the All Creatures Great and Small remake, that uh, the better quality of modern television makes it look phonier in a weird way. It's too pretty and too well-lit and everything looks too perfect. Where it is interesting that older TV shows like that feel more real to me like I'm sure the Old West didn't actually look like a 1950s TV show version of the Old West but it feels more natural to me that just feels better (laughs) although I did notice the part when uh, Lil Joe was tussling with some people in the uh, actress lady's hotel room and they bang up against the wall and you can see the whole thing shake because it's just a set (laughs) but other than that it all felt pretty good like it didn't feel like that's what I always feel like with Again, with the Waltons and All Creatures Great and Small, it feels like dress-up. It feels like a bunch of modern-day people dressing up and pretending, where this didn't feel like that. It was pretty easy to suspend disbelief and just like, here we are on the ranch, here we are in Virginia City or whatever.
2: The other thing that was, oftentimes when we think of the Old West, we think of very basic buildings, basic structure, basic furniture. And in reality, what would happen is, once you move to a place, you might start off with pretty basic stuff like that. But once you get settled, you would be getting fancy furniture. And they had beautiful furniture in here. Beautiful, uh, uh, like, window coverings and tapestries. And once you're settled, yes, that's what people do. They they start building on those things. So you wouldn't just have rough-hewn buildings. I mean, like, that that living room in the ranch is beautiful. What a, and the hotel room, lovely. Uh so there's a that's kind of nice to see that because that's probably very realistic. Uh, you don't you wouldn't just move from something that's like a rough hewn building with uh, some makeshift type chairs and things in it. Once you once you're established somewhere and just leave it like that, no, you'd go out and you'd get the tapestries and you'd have the things brought in from the east. And obviously Ben Cartwright, if he's had all those women from various <laughs> right. places, you know, he's obviously been to Boston. Met up with that gal. Then he's down to New Orleans to meet up with, with uh, Little Joe's mother. We have no idea where he met the Swedish gal, <laughs> but he's been around this guy.
0: Yeah, I like to. Uh, yeah, like they showed, like you were saying, the more affluent stuff or whatever, or that it would be yeah more put together. But then I also thought it was neat when they showed where all of the Chinese immigrants live. That it's essentially tents. Like, they really yeah. got nothing.
2: Tents, and some of them had little houses that they worked out of, and they were all close together because when that tent started burning, I said, man, you'd have to put that out pretty fast or the whole damn place would go because they were built one on top of each other. And that is probably, they were probably relegated to some little section of Virginia City and a very limited space. There'd be quite a few of them. So when they built, yeah, they would build right. On top of one another, practically.
0: I just want to show you this thing this has made me think of when you were saying about how uh, when they show the Old West, sometimes it is just these uh, ramshackle buildings when, you know, obviously, how hard is it to clean things up or make things nice? So this game Fallout 3, this always made me think of this, is uh, it's uh, a bunch of nuclear warheads went off and everybody had to go into the Fallout shelters for 100 years. And now people are coming out of the shelters and reestablishing life. But because they want it to feel like a post-apocalypse game, all of the houses and buildings are all messed up still. And I always thought that same thing of like, just because there was a nuclear apocalypse 100 years ago, what does that mean? Brooms don't exist anymore? You can't fix these places up? So let me just show you a little bit from this game. because. Oh, Like, just look how shitty this is. This old computer, this junk on a table. Everything's all gray and gross. And it's like, what excuse do you have for your house looking like this? (laughs) But it's just because they just want to make you think, like, look at this place. Oh, my God. This couldn't suck worse. Look at this shit. Like, clean it up.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And you would clean it up. Yeah. And you would plant gardens and you'd have... You know, like you see, oftentimes see pictures. Uh, it was a famous thing during the Depression. Uh, you'd build a little border with rocks, and you painted the rocks so that they all looked alike.
0: Right, yeah, and because you yeah, had like that thing. You built I was, a
2: fence, and you didn't have paint, but you whitewashed it.
0: And Yeah, that thing. I was, yeah, that
2: kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: because like with Fallout, like how they just want you to feel the apocalypse to a fault, that's similar to like what you're saying with a lot of Western stuff, where they want you to think of, the shitty old rough times of the West, so everything's all shitty and rough. But yeah, it's like, it's not, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's once, not <laughs> once,
2: now, as long as you're in transition, yes, you might have a rough thing, but once you settle down, you'd want those, and especially if you had a woman in your life, you'd she'd want those nice things, and you'd start bringing glass in from the East, and you'd be bringing in curtains and lace tablecloths and fancy chairs i mean some of the chairs in there were like wow leather big overstuffed comfortable chairs <laughs> that the bankers were sitting in beautiful
0: that's one thing too is like the the cowboy outfit i mean obviously it was just practical you know it's just if you're out on the ranch all day you got to wear this stuff so that's where it's like it's funny to me in like calgary or texas people that still dress in the cowboy clothes and it's like it's funny that like it's nerdy for a guy like me to go to a convention and dress like Spock, oh, I can't do that. But it's all right for some guy in Calgary to dress like a cowboy. That's the biggest nerd in the world right there, but it's, it's, somehow it's not. However, I do like the, or I, like what I'm trying to say is uh, cowboy clothes, they just don't they do not fit in the modern world anymore. It was a uh, you know practicality of the time. However, when they dress up fancy, like those bankers or, or even little Joe, when he's like, I gotta dress up fancy to go into the city, man, that shit looks good. Those kinds of suits are way better than and our suits that, now.
2: And that too was realistic. I had almost, I almost had forgotten that, and I expected to see him taking her into town wearing his cowboy clothes. But of course, he wouldn't have. He's taking a lady into town. Right. He wears those clothes when he's out working on the ranch and he's busting horses and that kind of stuff. Of course, he wouldn't wear that into town with a lady. And and even if he didn't have the lady with him. In those good old days, you probably had your yeah your work clothes, but when you went into town, that was a special treat. So yeah, you'd you'd get yourself all gussied up a little bit.
0: And yeah, it's just such a cool look because it's somewhat like a modern day suit, but it's you know kind of got like a ruffled open shirt, open yeah. top ruffled yeah. with like maybe a, the a little bow tie, tie. Yeah.
2: the tie, the tie, not, and, not and, a bow tie, and, and not that. a bow tie, like a, like a little ribbon tie right. with the little bow and then the little the little tails on it.
0: Yeah, because then I mean, with especially the bankers are all fancied up, and little Joe's all fancied up, and the the lady who's uh, trying to trick them or whatever, she's all fancy. So then, yeah, when Ben Cartwright and his Oaf sons show up with their guns, it does feel a bit like these fucking weirdos from the mountains down here. <laughs> you
2: know? And see, they're they're anxious to get the return of the lost son, so of course they didn't, they're not gonna gussy themselves up. They're going into town to do business. Yeah, <laughs> so. So they show up in their work clothes. It was kind of
0: nice, too, even because, yeah, I was saying how, uh, you know, part of what made the first episode of Gunsmoke tough for me to digest is the whole story was about this guy who shoots several people, including a, a sheriff, and is getting away with it for several weeks. <laughs> it's like quite a long process to deal with this guy, where in this they still had the, OK, who can draw faster gunfight thing. But that guy didn't die. You know, and, you know, it's again, it's maybe it's not as realistic. Maybe you would die, but it's just more fun for me as a viewer. Again, I don't if I want realism, I'll go watch one of those like Dust Bowl documentaries. You know, (laughs) like I like that the guy didn't die. It just I just like that better, (laughs) you know, or uh, then the the dudes that uh, were working for the bankers that were trying to track down little Joe and they're running around You know, wrecking stuff, especially in the immigrant part of town, because obviously they just think they can get away with it. And eventually, they light a fire, and the immigrants have had enough, and they just beat the shit out of those guys. And it's it's satisfying, but it's just nice that nobody died. You know, I feel like death is very people just use it in stories very casually, and I don't like that. I'd rather you just don't die. (laughs) You know, like even fucking Harry Potter and shit, people are just dying, and it's like, is this necessary? Am I? it just, it kind of takes me out of it because instead of having fun with the story, now I got to grapple with the fact that someone's dead. <laughs> so I appreciate the Bonanza didn't kill anybody. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's what I prefer.
2: But even then, that gunslinger or whatever he was that they shot up, even then, he, can he just say, thank you for not killing me this time? He did say that, but he always has to follow it up with. You may regret it. Yeah. I may be back.
0: Which is like, you should it. really learn to bite your tongue, <laughs> yeah, idiot. Don't, Shut don't. Up, <laughs>
2: don't. Idiot. You, you just dodged a bullet, for God's sake. Well,
0: you got to assume that's <laughs> also partially because this is the first episode. It's like, don't worry, audience. We got more <laughs> sweet gunslinging action. You know, you want to see another showdown? Tune in next week. <laughs> you know, just to kind of let you know. But yeah, so overall, I'd say thumbs up. I like to, I like Bonanza quite a bit. Like I was saying, I don't know if I will go through with the uh, watch an episode each season experiment, but that, that that that's even crossing my mind is a good sign. It's because a similar thing happened when we watched The Waltons, where I'm like, yeah, I could I could watch more of that, you know. So at least the the seeds in my brain of like, you never know. I mean, I'm always behind on TV shows. I'm always got shit I want to catch up on and whatever. But but if I ever for some reason find myself, I always think of like if I ever get imprisoned hopefully for a crime i didn't commit but then i've just got all the time in the world and maybe i'm a model prisoner so they'll let me have an ipad that's when i'll download bonanza i'll just watch every fucking episode (laughs) so until then